When you come to Kenya, the very famous greeting is, if I say mambo, you say poa. That is like everything is cool. So mambo? Poa. <laughs> mambo? Poa. Thank you so, so much. I'm so happy. I'm so humbled to be here. I've never done this before. And so I thank the Lord for all the encouragement and above all his spirit. Because I think this morning I just, Lord, I just prayed, Lord, I need you. I need two things. I need you, Lord, and I need a bottle of water. (laughs) (laughs) And when Judy told me that I was going to speak, I think I was like, oh God, what do I say? And I think for the very time I've been here, I've been, oh God, what do I share? And this came when Pam invited me for a very delicious breakfast. That is the day I got that message, when I was talking to Pam in her house, eating some very delicious omelette. Is it amazing that God speaks anytime? Even when you're eating, you know, enjoying yourself. And I was talking to Karen, and I said, yes, thank you, Jesus. And today I want to speak about things that I've seen, things that I've touched, the places that I've walked, the faithfulness of the Lord. This I bring unto you, reaching the unreached people, the deagles. Praise the Lord. I'm a very... I'm a, I'm a very local girl. Honestly, I came from a family of 14. I was the first one to know Jesus in my family. And I never knew what God had in mind. Just like most of us, I went to school, I went to college, and I had a huge dream. I wanted to be a statistician like my, my father. But that didn't come pretty soon. I stayed in my family, and I helped in the family with the many of us. I was knitting. And then this one day, being a very vibrant person in the church, working with the children, my pastor came and told me, you know what, you know what Terry? There's a lady who works in Digoland, and she's been there all by herself. She needs somebody to join her. She needs somebody to team up with her. And I said, okay, so what's your point? (laughs) The Spirit of the Lord tells me you're the one to go there. And I told my pastor, please, pastor, pray again. (laughs) I really don't think the Lord will want to take me out of this very comfortable, praising, working with the children. I really don't want God would like to take me out of this. What happens if he takes me out of this church? I mean, everything will crumble down, I thought. And for sure he prayed. And honestly, I didn't pray because... I just didn't want to consult God on this. <laughs> and so my pastor prayed, and after some time he came back to me and said, you know what, Terry? 
the spirit of the Lord have told me, you're going to join this, la- uh, this lady. I say, oh, what? <laughs> and I thought when he looked at the, at how puzzled I was, he brought it close and he said, you know what? Why don't you go for one year? And I thought, oh, well, that's a good bargain. One year, that's good. And so I went to Digoland with nothing. I've heard of people going for missions. But I think I look at myself, it was just so different. Because I'd never even prayed of being a missionary among the unreached people. I was just so empty with the few verses, Jesus loves me, yes I know. But I had no in-depth of what, it ense- of what it entails. Islam itself, I didn't know what it entails. And the Lord took me there. And when I was there, this was so much framed in my mind. It is one year, it is one year, it is one year. And every time, I look at the calendar and I'll be like, well, eight months left. Well, six months. And after one year, our mission pastor came and said, mm, I think another six months. And I said, ah, oh, no. I want to go back to Nairobi, you know. I want to go look for a job. I want to be a wealthy lady one day. I want to have a family. And gradually, and ooh, I said, okay. And six months went and passed. And after the six months, I was so, so glad, like, God, we had a deal here. And so I think right now I'm very comfortable to walk away. I've given you one and a half years, you know? That's pretty much time, God. And so I actually left, and I went back to Nairobi ready to start my city life again. But when I was in Nairobi, somebody in Digoland who is also a Christian called me and said, Terry, where are you? You need to come here very fast. There's this children's hope that is actually crumbling down. Run back here. I thought, oh, okay. And I found my ways again to Digoland. And when I found my way to Digoland, this time round it was so special because the Lord opened my eyes to just see the things that I've been pushing back. The way I've been silencing his spirit that has been speaking very loudly to me. The way I've actually used my knowledge to kind of beat him out. The way I've actually told him that there are other better people who can do that work. How many of us normally feel like that most of the time? Where, yes, you've read about missions and you know about missions. And all you can say is like, oh, yes, here I am. Send my brother. (laughs) I tell Rob, God literally dragged me to Digoland. And I really look back and I say, thank you, Lord, for dragging me. That was the best drag of my life. Because it really pointed out your heart, where your heart is. And that is the place where we all long to be. 
And why do I say this? Because so many at times we have thought that there so, there's a special person somewhere that this is meant for. And if God cannot, can use me, I can assure you for certain, he can use you. He can use you. I've seen amazing things. And when I was there, looking at the work of the Lord, the Lord whispered to me and said, you know what? Don't focus on the work of the Lord. I want you to focus on the Lord of the work. Because all the time you'll hear a voice telling you, this is the right way. Walk ye in it. Praise the Lord. And so that's all about me. That's how I found myself in Digoland. I really don't know how you found yourself in ministry or if you're trying to get yourself there, but just know all that you need. Actually, the only qualification that you need is just if you've said, yes, Lord. That is all it takes. And when you've said, yes, Lord, and sometimes you may miss it just the way I missed it. But when you're opening your heart to say, you know, Lord, just take me wherever. And I think and I believe that the Lord will take you there. The Deagles, I want to call them the unreached people group, and they were a huge percentage of it. When I came here, I was so shocked at Pastor Lynn and the research that she had, she had done with the Deagles and the statistics and, that she knew. I was like, wow, we've got a Deagle here. There's a Deagle team here. And so when you introduced me as part of the family, I felt very comfortable. And I knew somebody may have thought, okay, what family? Who is her father? I have the same father like you. The same vision and the same blood that has cleansed me has cleansed you too. And so some of the things that I want to point out today, just before I show the kind of work that I do. As I said... The only qualifications that you need is just to say, yes, Lord. And when I was in Digoland, I was all working in this children's home where I ate, where I slept. I had no savings. I had, no, I had nothing. I just had the Lord with me. And I remember being there, and people would look at me, and the Digos would look at me and say, Oh, come on, what kind of a Christian are you? What do you mean you're a Christian? You have nothing? It's planting season. Why can't you give us the seeds? Why can't you give us one, two, three? And I said, you know what? That is actually my, that is what defines me. I have no silver and gold to give you. But that which I have, I will give you. Praise the Lord. And so I said, I have something more than silver and gold. I have something profound that we can all look up to. And living with Digoland and walking with the Digo, the Lord opened my eyes to just walk with them step by step. And I said, when you meet a Digo, the first thing they want to ask you is, well, are you a Christian? And they're not really asking you just to know your religion. They're asking you that so that they can know how to shield themselves from you. They're asking you that so that they know the kind of war they want to fight. And many a times they are, are you a Christian? And I will say, 
I will let you to judge that. I want to let you to judge that. You will know who I am when I walk with you. And whatever name you want to give me, I'm so comfortable. But I want to tell you that what I know in my heart, that I believe the scriptures that the Lord has given us. So can we walk together in this path? And oh, ooh, okay. And I say, yeah. That is what we live for. We live to know God. We live to pray to God. And this is how I started my relationship with the Muslims. We will walk together. I'll let them pray. Oh, yeah, why not? God told me, don't be there as an all-knowing. Be there to walk with them day in, day out. Don't look at this Muslim and think, I know your problem and I want to fix all your problems. No. I want you to walk in their shoes to know where they're coming from. I want you to feel what they have felt in the oppression of not knowing who God is. And the Lord opened a way that this could even happen more efficiently, even as I, I began a program for the children. In this program, I targeted the orphans and the vulnerable children, the people who really did not have a voice in the community. And I say, oh Lord, bring them, bring them, bring them to, um, bring them to me as I bring them to you. And when these children came, and as I discussed with the community, and we drew our goal that indeed our children need to be in school, we started that program. And of course, there are those whose antennas were up. Who, who, what is she up to? And I say that God has not given me the spirit of fear. And so God let me walk over this. I just want them to know that you love them. That's the message here, that you love them, that there is a God who cares for them. A God who died for them on the cross. This is the core. This is the heart of God that we can know that he loves us and he cares for us. As the deagles toil every day to find ways of pleasing God, and every day they feel like short that they've not done enough, there's a voice that tells them, you know what, just the way you are. Just come. Just come. And prayer is actually an integral thing in the unreached people community. And I'm just using the word unreached very intentionally. In the unreached people group, prayer is an an, an integral thing. How many times do you pray in a day? We pray five times a day. We fast 30 days a day. And the list is endless. And I look at them. And the Lord opens like, you know what? These scriptures, you can actually bring them to the digos. The living scripture. How do I even bring a digo to read the word of God? Well, working with the ladies who are illiterate. And this is a story that I've shared with, uh, with some of you. And I will go like... You know what prayer is? Let me tell you what prayer is because 
Sometimes none of us really know how to pray. But this is what prayer is. You know the story of the Pharisee and the sinner who went to pray? So, in the legal context, an imam is a very valued person. He's probably like one of the most religious people. And so this imam, I give him the, sto- the name of Rashid. Rashid is actually a Digo name or a Muslim name. So Rashid is one person who never misses his prayers. He wakes up very early in the morning at five. He calls out to other people. He walks tall in the village with his robe and his pants that are not really touching the ground because that is the Muslim way. Rashid eats with his hands so that his marks in heaven can actually go up when you eat with your hands and you do not use a spoon. Rashid is very, very careful not to greet all the women around. No. You are going to defile him. So Rashid does not greet ladies who are so unclean. And the ladies know that. And everyone keeps off, including Terry. Ooh, the holy man is coming. But on the other hand, there's this other guy. His name is Ali. Apparently, Ali is also very famous, but famous for the wrong things. This is the village drunkard. Every day he wakes up, he thinks of, okay, where can I go and get my local brew? He's known for sleeping outside. He's in rags. He's so dirty. There's nothing good about him. And so when you mention Ali, people go like, oof. Oh, come on. Don't bring him up here. And when you mention Rashid, people are like, ooh, yeah, Rashid. The holy man. But then it came to a point where Ali, lying down on the mud, just thought like, you know what, God? I've really lived a useless life. I'm not even a Muslim. I don't even know how to pray. I don't even know what our creed says. But this very day, I want to go to the mosque. I want to go and find you. I want to change my life. And on his way to the mosque, Rashid sees him. Oh, what do you mean you're here? What are you going to do here? This is not a place for you. You don't know even how to wash before you get into the the mosque. You don't know how to recite any creed. You know nothing about Islam. And Ali is so determined. And he said, you know what? No matter what Rashid says, I want to, to go in there. And so when he gets into the mosque, Rashid is very offended. How dare he? And so as he's leading the prayers, his heart is so offended. How can this happen in this holy place? And so he grumbles all through. But on the other hand, he prays. But Ali goes before God and says, you know what, God? I really don't know how to pray. I don't know how to wash myself before prayer. I don't even know the creed. 
I'm so wretched, Lord. Can you forgive me? Can you give me a new start? And this is a story that I use so much in the village. And I go like, there are these two people who are praying. And between these two people, whom do you think God had his prayer? Very well. And very scared, they say, oh, I think Ali's prayer. God had that prayer. And I say, yes. God wants us the way we are. God wants us the way we are. Just come to him. If you wash, that's okay. But know that your heart is the integral part. And prayer has been such a thing in Digo ministry. Because just seeing what the Lord does, even when we meet together with the ladies, and the ladies will go, oh, please, Terry, can you just pray? Pray that this will happen. Pray that my husband will come back home. Pray that this, pray that my business will do well. And I'm like, yes, let's believe. Let us pray together. And this is no one. This is God. This is the Lord. Walking and walking among the Diego's. I've seen his hand. I've seen his presence among the women. And I want to thank all of us who bring this. And I want to probably to, we are going to see some pictures about the work that we do in Digoland. And I know this church, as Lynn had said, that has been a major contributor. You have supported Digo ministry. I want to ascertain this to you, that wherever you have given towards this ministry, it has never been a handout. It has never been a handout. It has been an act of worship to God. Because that is what your giving is. When we see the children being fed, we are not using this as a bait. No, this is who we are. This is, this is what defines us. We cannot be loved and keep this inside us. And so I tell them, come, come as a Muslim, just come. And may the Lord use that as a testimony for you, if he chooses to. If the Lord chooses to use that meal for his, own, for his own glory, then let it be so. And so I want to thank you. Um, I don't know how much time I have. Um, I don't know how much time I have, but this morning, again, something good really happened. I got a very precious gift from my really pre- uh, special friend, And that was a watch. You know, we say in Africa we have all the time, but here we have the watch. So that was such a good gift from my friend, and I felt like so blessed. So I really need to put it into use. But let us look into this. This is just what we are doing back in Digoland. We have an ongoing project. Uh, Pamoja Children's Center has 77 students. Jamila's Vineyard Academy, 282 students. Qualipits has 55 young ladies, and uh, we have a microfinance and a tailoring program. And this did not start like, no. 
These were really baby steps. I mean, I've been Digola now, this, I'm counting 16 years. And I've met, by the time I met Colin and Lindsay, I can count 12 years when we started to work together in all this and bringing your church into all this. And when Colin and Lindsay uh, felt like the Lord was calling them to something else, they did not just leave. I think they did what... I think they were missionaries also, because they brought all their brothers and also Rob and Judy into the picture. And so since then, it has been bit by bit, and this far, the Lord has brought us. And so those are some of the programs that we, we run. Look at that. That's the Jamila Vineyard Academy. That's a picture that Judy drew when she came. And whenever you come to Jamila Vineyard Academy, that is the first thing you see before you see anything. And that is the crux of the matter. Jesus loves all the children. And so the children come, the parents come, and they're like, oh, Jesus loves. That is the staff. We have a total of 18 staff at Jamila Children with uh, Jamila Vineyard Academy with 282 children, 18 number of staff, and three trainees. Those are teachers who are still in school and they would love to have a place where they can, they can learn. That is our normal day assembly where all children gather and we pray together before we go to classes. That's how a normal class looks like, the Jamila in blue, and this is the other school, Pamoja. And that is how our class looks like. A class has an average of, for the lower classes, they have an average of 40 children in a class. Okay, Rob, what's that? (laughs) So, hello, hello. Yeah, we're on. Okay, so this is the kitchen at the Jamila Vineyard Academy. And they feed the kids nutritious meals twice a day. Some of the kids would not get fed without going to the school. Yeah. Yeah. That's the kitchen where we make our meal. But these are also the other staff that work in the other school, Pamoja Children's Center, with 77 children. So that is the kind of meal we serve in school. And I, we try to make it as balanced as possible because these children, this is the only meal they may get in this day. And so we make sure they have the protein, they have the vitamins, and they have uh, uh, the carbohydrates. Um, This is actually from the support we got through Rob. And funds were raised and we made playthings for the children. It was actually this church. This church provided the money for that. Okay. Yeah, Judy sent for me a picture of some cinnamon rolls that she was making to help us all together raise the funds for that. And so I'm so glad that the the church did this. This is one of its own kind in Vuga. There has never been placed things like this. And so you can imagine, like, our school having this and all the children just being excited excited about it and having fun, it has brought, honestly, so much joy as we play and we pray 
with the children. It's a play and pray program for the children. Yeah. So they come, they play, and after they play, we pray together. Um, I also want to give my thanks to women who have been making sanitary towels for girls. This is our other school for young women where the sanitary uh, towels, Judy and the group. Yeah, and you can see, I think this was just like, wow, they were so happy to get the sanitary towels that uh, can be used again, can be washed and used again and again. The Pamoja tailoring, this is for... Young girls who get pregnant when they are still in school, we started this program for them. As we give them hope, they can have and learn a life skill, something that they can do in life. Pamoja tailoring. That's the life in the village. And those are some of the children that we support. They live in a very, very poor condition. But as you can see, they are totally a light into that family. And there's a time that the youth group in this church brought us quite a number of gifts. And that was so amazing because as we walked in the village, there were kids who had never even seen like a book, you know? There are those who are having toothbrush for the first time. There are those who are having like a lolly. That's a lolly like, woo. Can life get this sweet and a doll? Whoever compiled all this and sent us gifts, we are so, so grateful for the joy that you brought to the children. That's still part of the, uh, the school, Kuala Pitts Academy. That's the, the microfinance part. That's just one of the group of the microfinance uh, women group that we meet together and we pray together and we encourage each other together. So far, we have 60 successful businesses that the ladies have started. Yeah. That's all the pictures. Oh, okay. So, I know that this is an eye-opener for all of us. And as I end, I just want to end up with a Bible scripture that has empowered me throughout. In Romans 10, 13, and I want to read, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they call, how they call to, how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? How? How will the digos call on one of whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone proclaiming it to them? That is the message that I leave it with you today that we are in all this together. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're going we're gonna to take up an offering for Terry. I want to tell you that um, in 2002, when we first started going to Digoland, 99.9% of the people there were Muslim. 
only our church and one church in Florida helped with the Bible translation. And one of the, um, one, now it's 70% Muslim. Do you understand? It went from 99.9 to 70%. Yeah. And, um, I mean, and what I'm so amazed at is how much Terry embraces the same values of relationship and community that we do at the barn. You know, it's incredible. She is our sister and she is our family and we are hers. So we are. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for being part of this. Thank you. Amen. So you can also, if you want to give something and you just use credit cards like I do, um, you can also um, work that out with the office. Oh, there also is one big need. Um, She does not have a computer to do any of the administration. If you can imagine having um, over 300 kids, it's more than that. 77 plus 283, you can count it. Um, But she needs a computer. If anybody has a computer to donate, please let us know. Yeah, what do you want? A Windows laptop is what she would like. And it can be old. All right. Um, we want to end by inviting all of you, remember, to come up if you broke chains off of you and you want to just be refilled with the Holy Spirit in that area. It, the ministry will not be long. We just want to lay hands on you and pray for a filling of your life, uh, particularly in that area. So come on forward here and just make a line up front and we will minister to you. God bless you guys. We'll see you.